The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Live from MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host, Mike Peck. The iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new edition of Between the Links. Hope everyone's having a great week. We're back with the competition. We're back with the BTL title at stake after a successful all-star weekend here at MMA Fighting this past weekend. I'm excited about that. I'm also excited to announce that this will be the last time we are live on BTL from this command center. Command Center 4.0 under construction should be ready to go for next week so stay tuned wow. for some cool stuff we'll be doing in the new command center so let's get into the matchup the two men vying for the coveted btl title first it's rare to say this but he's the challenger a mainstay on the program our betting guru mr no gray area himself and a bunch of other nicknames that i could throw out there jed Mashu back on the program with the third best all-star team how are you Third best? I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure that my team washes everybody's team. But, you know, did we ever put that to a fan vote? Did we ask them? I don't know. They just like the content. They just like we didn't I talk mean, about open scoring. It's great. Well, thank God. That is. Can we continue to not do that for the rest of time? Well, first round. No, I'm just kidding. But let's introduce the reigning BTL champion, Will he have the support of the peeps once again? And as Jed Bashu said before we went live here, looking like an independent rapper's album cover with the lighting and the ambiance. Let's check in with Mr. Drake Riggs from MMA Mania. He is back. What's up, buddy? Look at this ambiance. You What's look your like you're, SoundCloud? You're, you're doing this from a cereal box. <laughs> yeah, you know how it is. Well, happy to be here. Happy to defend the title for the first time. Though I will admit, Mike, as I told you, one of the most undeserved title shots I've ever seen. Worse than Chael Sonnen against John Jones. Worse than Nick Diaz against GSP. I'm going to say even worse than Joe Soto against TJ Dillashaw on short notice. This is ridiculous. Jed can't even get a win, and yet he's getting a title shot. But champ's got to defend. Here we are. Listen, I'm a, I'm a man about views and ratings and clicks and Jed and his takes, whether you agree with them or not, they cre- they evoke emotion. And that's what Look, this program is all about. I'm just saying that's a lot of talk from a dude who hadn't been able to step in into the cage. Con- consistent pullout merchant is, is who's across the, the screen from me Fake right news. now. 
one dude shows up every week, week in, week out. One dude doesn't. And that the numbers don't lie, baby. That's what it's at. I mean, to be fair, Drake was covering PFL. Yeah, Drake was covering PFL. Oh. Didn't want to interrupt. Didn't oh, want cool. to interrupt. P- PFL's coming to Atlanta this month. Guess who will still be here every Thursday while <laughs> I'm interviewing the Smart Cage, while I'm cage side with <laughs> Kayla Harrison, while me and Ray Sefo are getting busy with it. I'll still be here. I'll do it on my phone from from the PFL Smart Cage, if that's what it takes. Because it's a little thing called you know commitment, what? Mike. Some of us have it. We should do a live in-person BTL in Atlanta. <clears throat> are you gonna are you gonna be in be in a town i can be let's do it i might drive out there i might drive out there i'll say it's actually a pretty quick drive for you as well mike so let's do it oh man all right stay tuned mike just wants to come because he he now sees an opportunity to sit in the shadow of the smart cage to have that (laughs) glory wash over him and i understand it i'm i couldn't be more excited for the smart cage well, we're going to don't worry. We're going to talk about your smart cage and we're going to talk about Hell your promotion yeah. that you now are a part owner of Jed Mishu in this fantasy world we live in. But uh, we're going to start <laughs> with the topic that a lot of people are talking about right now. And no, it's not the PFL. It's a potential fight that is gaining a lot of steam after some back and forth on social media, some interviews being done over the last few days. Conor McGregor versus Jorge Mazadal. Now, Drake. This was a popular choice for matchmaking enthusiasts after Mazadal was dominated by Colby Covington at UFC 272. You know, let's just get two stars in there to have an exciting fight. Won't feature a lot of grappling exchanges. Both guys are stars. Both guys planting some seeds for this fight after this past week with this back and forth and the interviews, so forth and so on. They're taking shots at each other. What do you think, Drake? Is this the fight to make? Does this fight intrigue you on top of that? The fight to make, uh, it's kind of, that's an interesting way to phrase it. I mean, I think no matter how you spin that potential matchup, undeniably, it's a little bit late. Like the time that I think about this matchup being the best timing was like right after Masvidal won the BMF title against Nate Diaz, which the other option was obviously the title shot, which he ended up getting against uh, Kamara Usman. But everybody was also talking about maybe fighting Connor, and Connor was like, "Oh, I want to be the BMF champ too." So like there was all that kind of lined up, and he wasn't coming off of what two knockout losses at that time as well. So uh, and there was what the argument for uh, right after the Cerrone win for Connor too. So I think that was probably the perfect time. Right now they're both on losing streaks, so I think it. I would be fine with it. I wouldn't hate if it happened. They're both. In kind of weird spots, I mean, Connor is always closer to a title shot than anybody, I guess you could say. Whereas Masvidal kind of has some work to do, uh, having lost twice to Usman and then the recent Colby Covington loss. And he's got some stuff to worry about outside of the cage as well. Uh, wouldn't be as big of a fight as it would have, you know, obviously a couple of years ago. But I think it would obviously still draw pretty well and people would be interested in that because the banter between two you know would happen uh they're both willing to talk to anybody in that fashion uh the welterweight factor that's interesting even though masvidal says that connor wants it at 155 which we know that's not gonna happen we're never gonna see game bread at 155 again so that would be interesting though that would be an interesting wrinkle to add to it but something we shouldn't even consider so if it was to happen at welterweight i mean that's like the best case anyway because it doesn't really affect anything it's just pure fun it's what we like to have around here, right? Some good, fun nonsense sometimes. And that fight, just it's 
That's all it would be for, right? Somebody gets a win. Of course, they'd argue for their title shot afterwards, which would be like, that still doesn't make sense. But hey, that's just how the game goes. So right now, I think it would be fun, a good, fine fight to make. Uh, I would not expect it to go to, to decision, but it's less intriguing, obviously, than it would have been a couple years ago. Jed, what say you? Is this the fight to make? Are you at all intrigued by McGregor v. Mazadal? No, and mostly no. Uh, I mean, you can make it. You can put Connor in against a broomstick. It's it's going to sell. It'll be fine. Uh, it's a horrible fight to make from any number of promotional reasons. And frankly, I doubt that Connor is saying no to Jorge Masvidal. I doubt that that fight is even being broached to him because, sure, it's a big fight. But what does it gain either man, right? Like, if Mas- it's a big payday, but if Masvidal wins, he's no closer to doing anything else in his division. He is already a star. It maybe boosts it, signal boosts him a little bit, but at the end of the day, he's still beating a lightweight and he's a welterweight. So it's, I think that's pretty negligible. Whereas if Connor wins, it's at least a very good win and it could theoretically set up a fight with Kamaru Usman. But I also think Connor could can just do that anyway like he's connor it doesn't there the rules don't apply to him so this fight doesn't make any sense i think i also think it's never really made sense if it ever did it it was as drake said after the bmf but even then it didn't make sense because jorge masvidal then and almost assuredly now would whip the ever-loving tar out of conor mcgregor and that is not how you should use your prized pony Like, you need to get mileage out of this dude. They need to squash match him. They need to do the Donald Cerrone thing again. He's coming off two losses, one where he shattered his leg. He needs, unless they're going to straight shot him into a title fight with Charles Oliveira, which is fine. It's still questionable, but fine. (laughs) Don't have him fight. Just give him a softball. And I think the easiest softball that has made sense to me is Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson's washed. Tony Ferguson doesn't really have great defense anyway. Connor still hits hard. That's actually a compelling and interesting fight. It Both men st- do have chances to win it, but I would think I would favor Connor specifically at this point. And you talk about people having, having fun on the mic. Tony's a, a I don't want to use the word crazy person, but he talks like a crazy person, like some blend of uh, the Diaz brothers and Diego Sanchez. Like he's just going and it's awesome. And so you could just do that with Connor being Connor stuff. That fight is the one that makes the most sense to me, unless the UFC is really just trying to run back. I mean, I know they're trying to run back Nate Diaz, but I think that ship has sailed, but you could do Michael Chandler. Like that's at least a really fun fight. Justin Gaethje, the best fight that could be made on paper. But I think the fight that makes sense, the fight to do is Tony Ferguson. Yeah. I mean, I I like the idea, but let's just, we don't live in, in realism, Jed. We live in the UFC's world and maybe this conversation and Mazadal's interviews and Connor going back and forth on social media. Maybe they're just like, you know what? This is the one we got to put all our eggs in this basket. This is the fight to make. So let's just say this is the fight that they make. Now, obviously we got legal stuff going on with Mazadal. McGregor still kind of coming back from that injury from almost a year ago. This is, this will be the end of the year, maybe early next year, Jed. But again, two guys very well known in the space, two of the top five, seven, ten at worst stars in the sport, McGregor being one. Mazadal, you could probably sprinkle in one of those other spots, both on tough times when it comes to their recent octagon success. If they book this fight, Jed, like what's at stake here? Like Connor's always a win away from a title, but what happens if he loses? What happens if Mazadal loses? Like what's 
what's what's at stake for these guys if this is the fight that's made? Nothing. And that's why I don't like the fight. Like nothing's at stake for either guy if they win, and nothing's at stake if they lose. I mean, uh, a purse, half a half a paycheck, maybe though. Even at, at where they're at, they're probably not getting half a paycheck. There's probably not that much incentive tied to wins versus losses. Um, it just it's it's a very slight degrees in public perception, but realistically, ooh, someone's at the door, Mike. You better go get. Of that. course, because it's it's between three and four p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> Why wouldn't someone be at the door? Continue on a friggin' Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh i was just saying like it's it, nothing happens like if connor loses connor's still a draw connor also lost to a a guy who recently challenged, challenged for the welterweight title so it's it's a more explicable loss than his losses to poirier at this point frankly and if masvidal loses well i don't think that that hugely affects his star power and because it, it does losing to connor doesn't matter because people don't care it's he exists outside of this meritocratic world you said we're living in fantasy land well in the real world there's no meritocracy with people like this they're stars and stars stay being stars so wins and losses don't matter here it's it's all about the pride and the paycheck and that's honestly why i'm not super into it do you agree with that drake do you feel like it's just like literally two guys fighting and that's it (laughs) I, yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's kind of hard to disagree with that. Uh, but I do think that it's a lot worse for Masvidal if he loses, especially if, let's say, he got knocked out by Connor. I think that would kind of really hurt, you know, the the luster of the the street brawler kind of persona that Masvidal has. And I mean, not terribly, but that also puts him on a four fight losing streak and. That just aesthetically never looks great. So, I mean, I feel like it'd be hard to justify him in a main event after that, I guess, depending on who he's matched up with. But, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, it is just a fight for them to fight and punch each other. So, yeah, it's hard to disagree. <laughs> what are the chances this fight happens, Drake? One to ten. You put Not in, not in Drake Riggs' shoes. This is the right. UFC shoes. One to ten. This fight happens before the end of the, let's say, within the next year. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a four, solid four for me. All right. Jed? Three to two, uh, something like that. It's two and a half. I, I don't think the UFC has much appetite for it. I don't think Connor has much appetite for it. I think Jorge is trying to pretend that he doesn't have much appetite for it, but desperately, desperately, desperately wants it. But Jorge also, well, you know, he needs it because he's going to have some some bills to be paying up here to uh, the local authorities in the Florida area pretty soon. So he needs that that red panty night. And so he's trying to pretend he doesn't want it, but he really, really wants it. And I don't think he's going to get it. I think there are just so many other better options that make more sense. So, yeah. Well, maybe it happens, maybe it won't. It's it's funny hearing people talk about this. Some people feel like this is absolutely the fight to make, and some people are kind of in the same camp as you guys, where it's just like, eh, we could live with it, it could live without it. I could, or I I don't remember, so please correct me if I'm wrong. I do not remember Conor McGregor like ever speaking about Jorge Masvidal like at all. It's just it's not one of the dudes he's coming after all the time. I don't, I just don't think he cares. Yeah, it's just it's just recent that 
it kind of happened. He tweeted something out about calling, calling Mazadal P brain and all this stuff. And that led to Mazadal retorting that he turned down the fights and then he went on aerial show and it's a whole other thing. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I like the McGregor Ferguson idea. McGregor Chandler's a fine idea. Mazadal has options at 170. Mazadal Michelle Pajeda would be a lot of fun with that storyline. So we'll see what happens. Dude, but- that's that's the fight. The only reason I say not to make that is because apparently Michelle Pajeda just like made it all up. So it's kind of shifty. <laughs> like I don't really want that's to reward him when his, wife, when his wife comes out and is like, that's just garbage. <laughs> so I don't really know. I'm not, I'm not into rewarding just boldface lies and bad <laughs> call outs but that fight is dope yeah or we could do mazdal wonder boy nmf bmf who cares i mean this this is, just throw them in there let's make it happen but i already saw that i don't need to see it again yeah well let's go to round two the point for round one goes to jed Mishu. it's one to nothing good round now, longtime viewers and listeners to this program know that the points are basically just table setters. These are where I know when to add in the advertisements on the podcast network because you guys actually, you guys and gals will actually choose the winner with one of the great polls on this page here. Now, I don't know what's going on with the polls and what's going on with the page. Maybe there's a poll going on right now. It's very possible. But at some point throughout this broadcast, there will be a poll where you vote for either Drake or Jed. And at the end, E. Casey Lydon will come on and reveal the winner. So look for that poll, vote, make things happen. And if you don't vote and you're not happy with the decision, you can't complain about it. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Speaking of fight bookings, let's talk about Patty Pimblett. All right, Jed Mishu, we're going to begin with you here because Patty Pimblett was the big star at UFC London. The place went bananas for him. And we have been talking for the last couple months, like, how do we book this guy? How do we do it? Do we set him up in squash matches? Could this guy maybe fight for a title sometime? What is the journey of the UFC career for one Patty Pimblett. Is he good? Is he just going to be an okay fighter that should only fight in London? Turns out they booked him on the London card as expected. His opponent is the monkey king himself, Jordan Levitt. It is going down UFC London in July. Your initial reaction to the booking, Jed, were you surprised by this? Do you like it? What did you think when you first saw this? 
I I honestly didn't have a lot of thoughts because Patty Pimblett does not occupy a ton of space in my mind because he's not very good. And so I don't think about him all that often um, because I'm sorry if you're just – if this is your first day at MMA and you just tuned here and you think that the dude with the Beatles haircut is the future, he's not. He's fun and he's super fun uh, in front of a you know London crowd, but he's never going to hold a title uh, unless he gets like way, way better in a very short span of time. And even then, probably not because Lightweight is a threshing machine. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, it seems a fine fight, I guess. Uh, it's a little it's a little Kimbo Seth Petrozelli in that when he loses, you'd rather him not lose to the dude that a big portion of MMA fans are just going to think is weird. And I love Jordan Levitt and think Jordan Levitt rules. But, like... We all work in this sport. We know what a, a group of the population feels about watching dudes twerk and stuff. And that is I can I can think of not a lot of worse options for you to hand Patty Pimblin an L with and maybe beat Jordan Levitt. I mean that that's not outside the pale, but I think I favor Jordan Levitt in the fight. I, it's it's at least a close fight, if nothing else. And it feels like really low reward here. Like I don't, again, you just, you just squash matches, dude. Give him the Michael Venom page treatment. He's only fighting debutantes for the first five fights. Just guys he can roll right on over and build some mystique and hopefully develop. And then you can throw him at the, the shallowest end of, of the rankings, the top 20, top 25. This sort of feels like, they're about to give him a loss to a dude who's going to twerk afterwards and it's going to upset the hell out of everybody in the O2, which is awesome, but also <laughs> promotional malpractice. Drake, when you when you saw the poster, you saw the UFC Europe Twitter account tweet out this fight in particular, what was the first thing you thought of? What? How did you react to it? It's kind of like, okay, all right, that's that's happening. Cool. I mean, I pretty much am completely uh, in agreement with Chad on the feelings towards this one. Like, Patty is not a guy that has shown us anything to believe he'll be a champion yet or even, I dare say, a contender. So right now, he's just purely, you know, kind of uh, a fan favorite, you know, until he can show these rapid improvements. But again, he has to face better people at the same time. So right now, I think that this is like, fantastic matchmaking i have nothing against the matchup i think it will be close it's like what he should be getting at this stage and honestly until he gets that pay bump that he wants these are the kind of fights that he's going to continue to get right because he's been very vocal about saying i'm not going to fight anybody super notable until you know it's more worth it that kind of thing and he doesn't even want to fight a whole lot in terms of activity so uh, this is kind of what we're going to have to get used to until something changes there. And I mean, the more he wins, obviously, it'll be more likely for that to happen. But when this fight was announced, I was like, all right. I mean, that's a proper right right move for the direction things are headed right now, because I don't think that we should fast track the guy, despite how popular he is. He hasn't shown us any reason to believe that he you know, can hang with anybody in the top 15 yet, honestly, and especially a lightweight. Like Jed said, there's just so many good guys and. We're just going to have to wait and see with him. So I think this is a fine fight. Uh, nothing that gets me super excited, but I think, yeah, it'll definitely be competitive, no doubt about it. More so than his last couple fights, which even were competitive anyway. So it's like, all right. 
Yeah, I, I think if you're if you're looking at it from like a Dana White UFC perspective and you're looking to build this guy, I actually think I actually think this is a great piece of business because one, Patty's not gonna get punched in the face really hard by Jordan Levitt. There's very little chance he's getting knocked out in this fight, unless we get one of those freak pick up, just slam him on his head knockouts, but he's not getting punched out in this fight. It's just Jordan's is not that kind of a fighter. He's just, a, he's a very sneaky, very talented grappler who could absolutely win this fight. And if he wins this fight, you could absolutely see Dana White going to the post fight press cards being like, listen, I told you guys during the contender series that this Jordan Levin kid was something special, you know, two guys in a cage, never leave it to the judges. You never know what's going to happen. Like there's almost like a built-in excuse here if you're Dana and if you're the UFC where, you know, Patty's just a little green and so is Jordan. But we told you this guy was good. We're building him up. We gave Jordan this opportunity. Do you agree with that, Jed? Like, do you think the UFC is just like, this is about as high level as it's going to get because Patty and his management team, they're not going to step up and fight a top 25 guy for the money that they're getting right now, which I don't blame them for. But two... This is a fight where the one thing people have been talking about from these last two fights, he's maybe a little chinny. Maybe he'll get knocked out with the right guy. Jordan's not really that guy. So do you feel like the UFC booked it in that way where the element of danger, the real one that people have been thinking about for these first two fights, that's not really there. But if Patty does lose this fight, we got ourselves a moment and we have ourselves a guy that we told you about during the contender series. I mean, sure. I, they they definitely booked this because Jordan is going to try and grapple him, and that's much more sphere that Patty can excel in. The problem with that style of booking, though, is like, I mean, it makes sense, broad strokes, but what if Jordan's a better grappler than Patty? Which I think is very possible. That's Patty's just screwed. <laughs> it's just not his the the one thing he does well. He can't even do well. And also, here's a here's a fun fact about being chinny, right? Like if you're chinny, that's just across the board. So, guys who don't normally knock people out can can knock a lot more chinny people out than people with cast iron draws. So like, I don't think Jordan Levitt's going to knock Patty Pimblet out but I would in no way take that one as an outcome that's off the table. Like I said, I think this is a fine, like if you're just looking at the numbers and, and the fight, this is a fine matchmaking. Patty has a, it's a step up in competition, certainly, but it's one that caters a little more to what Patty does. And Patty can win this fight, even though I don't know that he will. But my, my big issue with it entirely is that this is Seth Petrozelli. And when Jordan Levitt taps him, and then twerks over the cage, you're you're going to not be building a hero. You're going to be building a villain just because of how a large portion of the MMA fan base works. But you're not building a villain like Michael Bisping was a villain and people like to hate him. You're just going to build a bunch of – you're just going to have a bunch of people disdain Jordan Levitt. And he's not going to steer into being that in that way. So you're gaining nothing and you're losing. You're not losing a cash cow because Patty, you can still take him to England and do great. I, I just genuinely don't see the upside here because there's like, why give him Jordan Levitt when you can give him me? Like I will step in a cage and fist fight Patty <laughs> Pimblett. I'm going to lose like a hundred percent. Patty is 100% to defeat me. And you will get the exact same as if he beats Jordan Levitt with none of the risk. And so I don't understand the booking in that regard. 
Drake, what if Patty Pimble loses to Jordan Levitt at UFC London? Is this like really bad or like, do you, or do you think it's like catastrophic for Jordan that he will be the villain? He won't know how to lean into it, which I actually think he's, he actually could lean into a little bit, but it's just him being him. Like he hasn't changed at all since his first pro fight to where he is now. You interview him back then, you interview him now. He's it's literally the same guy. He is nothing. Nothing's changed for him at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that at the moment, I don't want to use the word bulletproof for Patty, but I think that for his story, I mean, a loss could even help at this stage in terms of gaining more interest in terms of all right, this guy had so much hype, he's so popular. We know he's not like Chimaev or anything, but we love watching him because of his personality. He gets fat between his fights. This is awesome. You know, people love this guy for all these reasons. And then he goes and loses to a guy who, like you said, might not. Who knows what will happen with Jordan Levitt afterwards? It's like the investment still won't be there in him despite getting this win. We've seen kind of cases like this in the past before. But then after that, you have everyone saying, all right, how does he bounce back? What is he going to do? Is he going to get better from this? You know, we've seen that kind of happen with several fighters in the past as well. So it's it's one of those cases where I think Patty would be fine with a loss right now. If he loses the one after that, then kind of hurts a little bit. But it's not like he's going to drop off these main cards on UFC London or anything. I mean, he could still even end up in a co-main slot after a loss here, I would think, because, I mean, hey, the the order of these fight nights have been a little bit wild lately, so anything is possible. Who knows? Maybe just give him the main event and really maximize it. But um, I think he'd be fine. As for Jordan, obviously helps because he beats somebody who everybody's tuned into. Um, but we know how the UFC works. We saw it with Sage Northcutt. There's a good example, a guy who lost and, and the UFC was still behind him, didn't really get behind his the people who beat him as much, they might've went on to do some solid things and whatnot, but they still, they try until the wheels really fall off with these kind of fighters, you know? Yeah. And what's interesting about this fight too, and the build is that Patty oftentimes will win his fights before he actually gets to the cage, just the, the trash talk, all that stuff beforehand. The moment gets a little big for these guys. It, Jordan's not going to fall into that at all. He's just going to, he's going to live it up. He's going to enjoy the process. Yeah. He won't care. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. So we'll see. Interesting piece of business. It's going to happen at UFC London. Jed, anything more you want to add? It's just a misuse of Patty Pimblet. Patty Pimblet, like, Look, we all know what Patty Pimblet is. Patty Pimblet is is bad Connor. And you're supposed to use bad Connor as a springboard for people who are actually good. So you can try and make stars out of Armand Sarukian. And I'm not saying you make that fight right now because you shouldn't. But I'm saying that there's a storyline there. Armand is actually a really damn good fighter and one you would should want to be a star. And so you need to fatten up the Patty Pimblet pig so Armin can slaughter him in like a year and a half because at any point when they fight, he will kill that man. But you want to get max benefit from it here. And now I, I if he wins, great, that this train can keep on rolling. But I still think this is bad booking. Well... Speaking of UFC and fight cards and maybe things being misordered in terms of bouts, we'll go to round three. But first, the point maybe. for round two goes to. <laughs> maybe. Despite Jeb's feeble attempt at dropping Armand Sarukian's name at the last minute, it was not enough. Drake gets the point. It's one to one. 
feeble. Nice, 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 nice try. Jen, I mean, Jen knows how to play the game. That's why he's the winningest player. Been here a long time. It's not my first. <laughs> not my first day. He felt like maybe I'm behind. Let's drop the man. That bike is super high on, and you know, give him the big moment. So, did what I could. We have uh, we have fights on Saturday, gentlemen. We uh, we didn't have UFC fights this past weekend, but uh, we got fights. them on Saturday. We have <laughs> UFC Vegas 56, the main event: Alexander Volkov versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Thoughts on uh, on the card, Jake? Uh, Drake, excuse me. I, call, I mean, this card's so Jake? exciting. I called you by the wrong <laughs> name. That's how Jed ridiculous Drake. it is. Just, oh, just blended us to one. <laughs> we do both Jakey? have main months. <laughs> That's true. Drake, is this the type of lineup that gets you all excited after a week off? <laughs> <laughs> uh no <laughs> definitely not i honestly forgot so many of like which fights were even on this card it's like one of the worst ways to reintroduce yourself to the ufc i would say and i'm just so sick and tired honestly of heavyweight main events like what are we doing man we finally get some good news with speaking of armin saruki and taking on the former ksw champ uh mateus gamrat in an upcoming main event like Give us more of that, UFC. Why do we keep putting the heavyweights in main events that we are never talking about after the fact that they happen? Like, when's the last time one of those fights was a fight of the night? I could not tell you if it has ever happened. Um, I mean, there are some good good fights on this card, though, obviously. I mean, Danny Ige and Movsar in the co-main event, like, that would be a much better main event. Um, that's probably the fight most people are definitely looking forward to. And I do love me some Alexander Volkov. I really do. But he uh, going against Jarzinho, an opponent who... Never, You're the first person I mean, who's ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, literally, hey. like, not even his mother has ever uttered that phrase. <laughs> Got to put some, give some love to Drago. Uh, but against Jarzinho, a guy who... It's all questionable. You never know who when he's going to show up to be exciting. Depends on the matchup kind of with him. Uh, of course, I'm really high on Erin Blanchfield. Love watching her fight no matter what. But the fact that she is the curtain jerker is just mind-blowing to me. And they uh, wheeled out Felice Herrig and uh, Karolina Kovalkiewicz for uh, a rematch that was announced like a week ago. A very odd one there uh, taking place before the main card. Damon Jackson's back. That's exciting. So, like, there are some people I'm definitely looking forward to seeing. But, like, this card is definitely uh, – it ain't no 275 next week to welcome us back. So, um, yeah, the interest level overall is very low, Mike. Um, <laughs> I just don't want heavyweight main events anymore, honestly. <laughs> All right, Jed. Uh, look, we got 14 fights. We have the heavyweight of the heavyweighty – UFC fight night main events, but we have a 1 p.m. Eastern prelim, 4 p.m. Eastern main card. I love that. Is this a, hey, cancel the barbecue, stay home, and watch this event <laughs> kind of card? <laughs> no, I'm not even going to let you finish this. A no. Uh, I'm going to disagree with Drake on one very important thing. Uh, I think the UFC are brilliant heroes for putting Aaron Blanchfield first because uh, a reasonable person could look at this card and say, I'm going to tune in at one to watch Aaron Blanchfield, <laughs> Blanchfield wreck a woman, and then I'm Dip going out. to go about my Saturday 
because the rest of the time is free. I don't need to watch a bunch of people who don't have wiki pages fight for the next seven hours. I'm covered because like a lot of this is I, I don't even like many of the fights that are made here. There are a couple ones that are kind of interesting to some degree, but like the Felice Harry Kovalkiewicz match, that is that's years past the sell by date and <laughs> we're we're getting it it's um even the co-main event like Danny most I have is objectively a great fight it's also going to be 15 minutes of most I have backpacking Danny like so it's not that's not the most interesting thing to watch I'll, I'm gonna level with you I I hated everything about this card for the most part until until a heroic thing happened in the last 36 <laughs> hours. I I don't know if you guys, how deeply on the internet y'all have been, but uh, if you haven't heard the story of UFC debutante Askar Mozharov, <laughs> I've never been more intrigued to watch a guy fight ever in my life. If, if listeners, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, at SureDog.com, uh, JP uh, Petrie, uh, Petrie, sorry, uh, does the the Fight Finder files, which is just a write up of like weird things that happen as they cultivate their fight, the Fight Finder, um, and he has a long tale about how Askermos Arab has been aggressively defrauding everybody who keeps like all the record keeping services in MMA to inflate his record. And you, over the course of this week, he's, he was at like, I don't know, a 27 and six record or something dumb. And that number has been plummeting day over day to, I think it's 19 and 11, but let it's me 19 check to 12 out. right now. 19 and oh 12, 12 right God. now. It is an it was 21 and 12 yesterday. 21 yeah, and 12 I lost, yesterday. Lost two two overnight. And uh Jay Jay posted something today. I was like, yeah, overnight we found some more video evidence confirming uh some of these results were fabricated. <laughs> it is it's an <laughs> unbelievable story of this dude uh by hook by crook. And he's changed it like he legally changed his name to try and circumvent some of his earlier career oh losses. God. It is an un believable story <laughs> and i like at the rate we're going this dude might have like a 5 and 36 record come come saturday and alonzo alonzo minifield like i don't think a ton of alonzo minifield but like based purely on everything that's going on here i have to assume that alonzo minifield is going to kill this guy and he's still <laughs> only a minus 195 in the matchup this whole thing is it's the most fascinating thing this week to me bar none and honestly it's the only thing that has made me really take take any sort of big interest in this card so if you haven't i hope you guys knew what i was talking about if not i am glad to have introduced this majestic story to you and i didn't you know, even know that oh it's it's, oh. it's amazing i've been following along talk, throughout talk to the Jay. day mostly. incredible it oh, is I hope that he wins so he can get questioned about this. <laughs> true true story. Connor and I are recording the gambling pod, and Connor says offhand, he's like, Yeah, weirdly, the other we were talking about this fight, and weirdly he's like, Yeah, I thought it he was like 26 and 3 or something the other day. He lost a couple like that changed. I wonder what happened. Well, I was like, I don't know. And then 30 minutes later, Jay tagged me in a post where he did this and was like, Oh, this is unbelievable. This guy's the best. <laughs> I want this guy to you be know, a champion now. That's commitment, man. You know what's great is 
every day for the last like three weeks on heck of a morning, we have a guy who comes in, he asks different questions, but he also always ends it at some point by saying Mazarov is the guy to watch. Like, trust me what I tell you, <laughs> this is like, this guy is the next big thing. So I thought about him as all this is going on. I cannot wait to watch this fight with Alonzo so, Menafield. That is a great low key banger, Jed. This great is important. Banger. We've learned an important thing. Heck of a morning. Askar Mazarov is a is a frequent listener to Heck of a Morning, and he tells you every week that he's the next guy to watch. <laughs> like that's that's, that's what him. that means. That is what that means. This is uh, awesome. He's, he's a he's a brilliant man. He's he's a brilliant man. Drake, what's your low key banger outside of that one and outside of Aaron Blanchfield? <laughs> Yeah, I am completely sold on that fight now. That is all I care about. Is it, is it the best? It's the best fight. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as for the, the Loki banger outside of that one, oh, my goodness. I mean, <clears throat> I think, uh, you know, at flyweight, it's always some good fun there. So our boy Zaruk Adeshev there is taking on Ode Osborne. I know that what we used to talk about him plenty is the potential opener for what Cody Garbrandt, Mike, was he the guy, if I'm remembering correctly, it was the Zaruk <laughs> Adeshev show. But uh, I'm not going to go with that one, though. Jeff Molina and Zuma Gulov, I think uh, it could be a fun one there. But I like both of those flyweight fights. It's, it's, it's just tough picking here on this card. And I mean when really all that we should be focused on now is moves that are off. It's like, what, what else even matters, man? I'm, I'm completely invested in that. <laughs> yeah, if this is not, I mean, this should be, okay, it is on the main card now. The, the UFC did this one right. They moved some things around and they put this on the main card. So that's, that's smart booking on their part. But I mean, bump that baby up. Bump now, that up to like the- to like John the, Anik the, the has to show you the co-main event. It is, oh, I, I can't wait. I, He's not going to because I don't think they will, but I want nothing more for them than for him to win and then DC to step in the cage and be like, so what is your actual record? Because we have a lot of different reports right now. Seriously, Drake, after this, go read Jay's thing. It I'm going to have to, yeah. It's unbelievable the kind of shenanigans they tried. To, they emailed as if they were full the Full Metal Dojo guys. As if, as if they don't know the full meta dojo guys like yeah it's full meta dojo that that wasn't a real loss it was a fake loss so oh it's incredible God. stuff it's really amazing stuff so speaking of amazing stuff we're gonna we're gonna take a, a detour up, up. we're going down a road we haven't been on in a, in a real long time jed this is one you're very familiar with that's how we'll end regulation but the point for round three goes to I mean, there's. I mean, we didn't even need to drum roll here. Was, Jed sold us on the fight of the year. So I was about to say, if I didn't get it for that, <laughs> you almost got two points for that explanation. So you sold the spike card. And the show now. We're, That's it. We're done. Good here. night, everybody. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I wasn't going to do this. Something came up like a few weeks ago and I was like, man, maybe I won't go down this road. But then something happened yesterday and I was like, okay, we have to do this. We're going to do something we haven't done in several weeks. We're going to talk about the PFL, Jed Mishu. This is your organization after all. What in the blue hell, Jed, are you guys doing over there? Where do we begin with all of this? You know what? Let's start. Let's start with yesterday because this this was shocking. This made me scratch my head in a big way. Carlos Leal, Jed, beats your defending welterweight champion, a defending welterweight champion who missed weight by like 14 pounds. He should be moving on in this regular season. This guy should be the story of the PFL, one of the stories of this organization. But come to find out after picking up a huge victory against the defending champion, on relatively short notice, we come to find out that Carlos Ciel is not booked on any of these upcoming cards. And when asked about this, your organization, your executive committee, said that he's a freaking alternate after already competing and already beating the freaking defending champion. Explain this, please. Explain this, Jed. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> so, Mike, what you're failing to take into account here, because you, you had most of it correct. <laughs> the important thing to remember is, yes, he beat Ray Cooper, who is arguably the best fighter we have under contract, not named Kale Harrison. But he didn't beat welterweight Ray Cooper, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> because Ray didn't make weight, and so that doesn't count as a win. Like in the, it's not a welterweight win. That's a catchweight win. We've never said Ray Cooper was the greatest catchweight fighter in the world. He's a welterweight. And so as a result, Carlos is, you know, we like the potential in Carlos. We see some there. We've got some other guys that have a more storied track record in the welterweight division. And we're going to stick with those. But if something happens there, then he can, you know, then we'll give him a shot. But, you know, we need his wins to actually matter and not be at fantasy weight classes. And that's the problem. So I'm glad I could clear this up. I'll take my point now and we can uh, move on to, to the elimination round where I've already won. Cause I have three points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could, we may have to, to follow up about other fighters who have competed no, against. I won't be taking any more questions at this time. Even in a loss, but Drake, your thoughts right. on this, because I mean, I had no words. I had, I was trying to figure out ways to tweet this in like a, like a different kind of a way to evoke some emotion. But all I could think of was, huh? That, that's literally the tweet was, huh? What, what, what is going on here? What, what is happening with the PFL? What are your thoughts on this? Because this is weird and just not right at all. Yeah, no, it's it's one of the more ludicrous things that we've seen in quite a while, despite the very obvious attempt that Jed was going to try and make to defend this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when you look at everything that the PFL stands for, at least says that they stand for, 
This is completely counterproductive to all of that. Don Davis, you know, you know, great founder, great man on the mic, always talks about we give people opportunities. All right, you gave this guy one, and then you take it away when he beats the brakes off Ray Cooper. Damn near finished him several times in that fight. Was somewhat competitive, but I mean, he looked like the real champion. And then to not even give him any fight, like you said, Mike, it just makes it it's completely illogical for the meritocracy idea that the PFL has really rammed down our throats, you know, to make a point about what they're about. And then to for Leon to be not even seen. I mean, he's an afterthought now. An alternate is like just if you're him, I would try and get my release, man. I mean, it's it I it is hard to kind of come up with the words for this because it really does make no sense outside of it being a catchweight fight. So smart move, Ray Cooper. I see what you're doing, man. So uh I, I don't know. It is it is mind-blowing, man. I feel so bad for the guy, especially when there's so much money on the line. I mean, nobody knew who he was before that, I'm sure. He beats the champion decisively, like I said. It sucks, man. It's actually like a real real big bummer that he uh, isn't getting to fight at all. Like, at least give him a fight outside the tournament. Like, you can do that. We've seen it before you did with Clarissa Shields. I mean, even some people on, what, the first events that we saw this season, they are, uh, were fighting for the alternate spots. But, like, come on, man. It's, uh, it's, it's actually just wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I just don't understand any of it. It makes literally no sense. And you're gonna send him and other fighters who are quote unquote alternates to Atlanta to maybe fight. Like maybe they'll right. fight. If something happens, there's a weight miss or an injury on fight week, then he can fight. But you know, he'll fight then. It's just so weird. Now I want to move on to this other thing. I want to discuss because we haven't talked about this on the show. I talked about it a little bit on Heck of a Morning. I want to talk about this pay-per-view revelation. I can't wait to get your thoughts on this, Jed. Uh, but we're going to start with you, Drake, because Don Davis and other other high-ranking members of the PFL executive team have been touting, we're going to not only do pay-per-view, we're going to disrupt pay-per-view like we have done with television and the sport in general with this league format. We're going to do these massive pay-per-view events, these super fight pay-per-view cards, and fighters, Drake, are going to get 50% of the revenue. And this sounds great in theory. And Don Davis and the crew, what they are revenue? selling this. Hold on, Jed. Hold on. This is your company. We'll give you your chance to respond. <laughs> PFL on pay-per-view. Can, can this possibly work, Drake? Can this possibly work? I think it can. And it completely depends on who they're you know, having headline these pay-per-views, right? Uh, and obviously the main the main argument against it, right, is like half of zero is still zero. <laughs> like depends on <laughs> it depends on how much they're also making us pay, which I cannot imagine being the price of UFC pay-per-views. That would be just an uphill battle that they're not gonna win. And I hope that they are self-aware enough to know this, even though it's only gonna be what, two events a year. And they said that the top fighters will be the ones to, you know, get this revenue split. And I mean, that was not clarified whether it was the two in the main events or the two with the biggest names, like however you're going to decide that. Who knows? We'll wait and see. But um, I think it has potential, again, just specifically depending on, one, how much the pay-per-views cost because really people – you know, don't watch the PFL very much for free anyway. Um, and then 
depending on who they have to draw that interest. So Kayla Harrison is the one that we know will be there. Sure. I mean, that's your biggest star. So she will draw who she normally draws already again for free, but then the matchups that she's in, like that's a very tricky one. It's really going to be big with who they can end up bringing in. And I know that, uh, old Tom Brady, Fabricio Verdum wants to come back. So when you look at that, I mean, they'll be just fine. <laughs> Jed, 50% is, is great. But as Drake kind of put it, it's, it's, it's something you learn in math pretty early on, that 50% of nothing is nothing. And, you know, obviously that's a little unfair, but let's put it this way. Can they crack a hundred thousand pay-per-view buys? Let's just say, let's just say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna paint the best case scenario because I already know what no. PFL's thinking. They're not paint whatever Kayla scenario Harris, you want. The answer is no, right. but okay. <laughs> Kayla Harrison versus Chris Cyborg is the main event. They're gonna do a price point. They're gonna sell it. Let's just say they're. I already know what they're thinking. They're gonna do twenty nine ninety nine. Twenty nine ninety nine for this card. They're gonna put some good stuff behind it. Is this? Are they getting anywhere near a hundred thousand pay-per-view buys? No, no, certainly not at a thirty dollars price point. Are you kidding me? Um, nineteen ninety nine, twenty, twenty bucks. Uh, five, let's five bucks, five two ninety nine, maybe. <laughs> so two ninety nine, we have potential to get to to six figure buys. Look, I'm going to say a few things here. First, uh, as a man who spent a lot of my life working in the tech industry, when someone uses the word disrupt, just read that as full of shit. Um, that's just the cleanest way to go through life because that's just what that means. So if they're disrupting the pay-per-view industry, they're just full of shit. Um, <laughs> two, they don't have anybody. The the actual probably the best pay-per-view fight they could is the one that they're having in July. It's the it's Hale, uh, Harrison versus Bud. Like that's mm. probably the best pay-per-view bout they could hope to headline with, and it's gone. Also on that same card. Cooper versus Cooper. So, you know, the battle of the Coopers, that's, that's a great, uh, that would have gotten me to buy. I'd have, I'd have thrown a couple bucks buying that. It's like a TV uh, show. Yeah. Something dumb. Cause that's all you can do. I'm going to, the simplest way I can explain this is Mike, I have worked in this space for six or seven years now. I own ESPN plus and have for as long as ESPN plus has existed. And I only started watching PFL events within the last year. And we are talking about an event that was free to me to watch. I worked in the space in which it happened and nominally included fighters that I should care about. And I, as a person who loves MMA and it's my job, still was just like, nah, I'm good. And that was free. <laughs> that was free. You're going to add a $30 price tag? If you can't get me to tune in for free, you're not getting anybody to buy a pay-per-view. And it's I don't know why we're doing pay-per-view anyway. It's very very dumb. I'm going to I'm going to talk to the team when I, when they come here. We <laughs> this might not happen is all I'm saying because we're trying to fly before we've really figured out much past crawling and that is just not how things should work. So my you know Again, no inside information. My assumption here is that this is part of the we brought you back, Kayla, and you want to make more money, so we're going to tie you to pay-per-view incentives or something, but we just can't do it. I'm going to talk to the team. This is going to be one of those things where we just never talk about it again, and because it's the PFL, no one's going to ask us a follow-up question again. It's just going to fade into the ether as it should, as it should. 
it's an interesting point because had this Carlos Leal thing not happened yesterday, we wouldn't even be talking about this right now. And I'm no. not trying to knock them. It's just funny that they've actually built a little bit of momentum because Bellator has such, had such a pretty horrible year. Bellator so far. just continues to shoot itself in the foot. At and every they have this chance. <laughs> they have this chance to go past them, and they can't do it. Then these things happen, and you're like, "What are we doing here?" But. It is what it is. Any final These thoughts on this happen in MMA? Uh, no, I mean, I just want to touch on kind of the Kayla Harrison point that Jed made there. And I think a hundred percent that is completely the whole, the whole bait that they gave her to stick with her. This is going to be her last regular season type format that she's going to compete in. I mean, she signed to go to Bellator, right? She was ready to leave and, uh, you know, fight cyborg and all that. So what's the best way to keep you? Dodged a bullet. Yeah. Got out of that one for sure. Um, but here we'll give you half of whatever you can bring in like yeah i i, I just think that's 100 percent how we got here in the first place if if there was no free agency period all that and we didn't have to even talk about that that was just recently happening this year we wouldn't even be talking about this right now yep if carlos y'all headlines first pfl pay-per-view take my money i will give it as long as he gets 50 percent of it hell yeah but go wow ahead. go ahead that it you're that's one sale. You PFL, that's one sale. That's probably the only sale you're getting with Carlos Cialis. That's longer for pay-per-view. Hey, he just, made, he just made 15 bucks, which is more than he's hey. making in July when he goes to Atlanta because he's not freaking <laughs> fighting. It's so dumb. I mean, it's he so might silly. fight. He Look, we're going to talk things over when they get here. Look, Drake and I, I have ideas. I'm going to revolutionize MMA as a whole. I'm not going to disrupt it because that's a bad <laughs> word, but I'm going to revolutionize it because there's a very obvious outcome here for everybody involved. And I don't, we just need to expedite this. Bellator does Grand Prix every year. PFL has their seasons. Cool. Let's just do a friggin' Super Bowl between the two of you once a year. It worked out for professional football. Just do that. <laughs> it's not hard. I would hey, buy listen. that pay-per-view. You could do yeah. a PFL versus Bellator pay-per-view every August or whenever the hell you want to do it, and it would rule, and I would pay you $70. I would pay full price for that, and it doesn't have to be for the PFL belt. and the, It can just be for the super belt or whatever dumb name you want to call it, and it's cool. It is a genuinely the objectively smart cool thing. The smart anything. <laughs> I don't know. It's not hard. Don't reinvent stuff. Just do stuff that other people have succeeded with. It's very simple. Yes. I hate I mean, talking about PFL and Bellator because they're morons. I know, but PFL has not approached this Bellator thing very, very wisely. And they, they pissed Scott Coker off. They pissed him off. Pissed off. off. Pissed him off. But uh, the point for round four, let us move on with our lives, goes to. Drake kept me positive. Two to two. Gets it done. He was a little more realistic. We might see an I mean, Eagle FC versus Bellator card before we see a PFL versus Bellator card. I was sold the bill of goods. Yeah. You you had me defend the Carlos Leal thing. That's indefensible, and I did a great job, frankly. <laughs> That's the only defense you could have possibly had. <laughs> I did a great job. All my points yeah. stand. Unless it was like the unless it was the Moskarov guy where he, he padded his record and we found it it wasn't true. Right. And we're then, actually go in like six years we're gonna find out that actually Ray Cooper won a definitive decision and everyone yes, <laughs> just misremembering it. 
Oh man. All right. Well, CM Punk's fights got overturned. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is now time for the knockout round. We've talked about everything else. So we're just going to have some fun here. Each competitor will have one minute on the clock to answer the same question. And once that is done, we'll turn it out over to you, the peeps. You will vote for who won, Drake or Jed. And then we'll bring on the honorable E. Casey Lydon to read off the winner. So Drake, champion's prerogative, my man. You get to decide whether you want to go first or if you want to pass on over to Jed Mishu. I'll go second. All right, Jed, we go to you. We like to do these quote-unquote low-key bangers, these under-the-radar storylines, and MMA Fighting did an incredible job during All-Star Weekend with all different content and programming, like mid-year award shows. We had the All-Star Draft. We had the Prediction Show. I And I want to kind of go on the Prediction Show train a little bit because you guys discussed major storylines, things we're going to be talking about for the rest of the year. But in one minute or less, Jed, I need you to give me your under-the-radar storyline about a fighter, a fight, an organization, something that isn't being discussed enough, but it's something that is on your radar that you're thinking about and that has you mightily intrigued. One minute on the clock, low-key storyline for the remainder of 2022. Your time remainder, starts now. Remainder of the whole year. Okay. Yes. Uh, I think it has to be Israel Adesanya. He's, he's about to be defending his title against Jared Cannonier. Um, and low key, Izzy is, is getting, is, is making a case not to be the middleweight goat because I, I think he will have a lot to do in that regard, but other people are not going to feel that way because Anderson has the PED pops. This is his, I don't know, fifth, sixth title defense. Some, some dumb number of high, high title defenses, uh, especially cause he plus ones cause he counts winning the belt with Gaslam. But I don't feel like anybody's talking about that fight. Uh, we've gotten a lot of shine on the co-main event for that card, the Volkanovski-Holloway um, trilogy fight and what that'll mean for Volkanovski in his career. But this is where we get to watch the best middleweight in the world fight. It might be his last or close to final fight at middleweight because I do think he's going to move up to light heavyweight and give that a real run by the end of this year. And he's, look, it, it's he's very quietly put together one of the best runs in the history of this company. And we should acknowledge that. It's a great answer right there. I like that answer. Going with Israel Adesanya, headlining International Fight Week, trying to make it two for two in 2022. And now we turn it over to the champion, Drake Riggs, back on the program, first title defense. Low-key, storyline, fighter, fight, event, promotion, could be anything, Drake. What is the low-key story that is on your mind that has you fascinated for the rest of 2022 that no one seems to be talking about? One minute on the clock. Go. All right. I'm about to give you the most Drake Riggs answer you could possibly get here because I am fascinate, fascinated by what is going on at the moment with Ryzen and the president, Nobuyuki Sakigabara, who there have been a resurfacing of not necessarily allegations but let's say information or misinformation a lot of that going around regarding his potential ties to yakuza which was brought up during the pride days and at this current point we're getting ready for the match 2022 which is the big highly anticipated fight between tension asakawa and takaru uh and it's not gonna be on fuji tv which is a very big hit for anything japan uh, and that's obviously involving ryzen and if they can't sort things out and lose Fuji TV going forward. Big hit for Ryzen as well, which 
going to be their biggest year in terms of events. If they lose it, also hurts Bellator. And who knows? Who knows what could possibly even happen to Ryzen going forward if they don't have that big platform and Saki Gabara, obviously. So I'm fascinated to see what ends up happening with all that. Oh, thank God. First of all, yeah, first of all, that was a, a very Drake Riggs answer. Um, <laughs> at first, when you said that, I thought you were going to say Super Melly making her UFC debut, which uh, would have also been a great Drake Riggs answer, but uh, not surprised by, by her selection, uh, if we're being honest. But now we're going to waste a, a few moments. We're let both you guys wrong. By digest. The way. Well, well, what is, I can't what is say it right because answer? that could influence the voting now. Oh, that's true. That's true. We'll in, have you say it at the end. Good point. Good point. I thought of it halfway uh, through my answer and then was like, I can't really pivot here. I just got to go all in. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. And you did a good job. I saw, I kind of saw that moment where you it's like, oh. were like, I have to, the chips are going in. I'm hot committed. I got to go. I mean, um, hey, if you're talking about what no one's talking about, I mean, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. It's it's just not that interesting. Every seven years, the dominant Japanese MMA promotion has to fold because of Yakuza ties. We'll get another <laughs> one in a couple years, and this is a cycle that will just continue forever. I'm okay oh, with man. it. All right. Well, listen. Uh, I think we've we've spent enough time. We're letting the votes tabulate. Tomorrow, I believe 3 p.m. Eastern, we'll, we'll have our preview show for UFC Vegas 56. It should be uh, a rousing be 30 minutes at best. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about do... one thing and one thing only, baby. Yes. I can't wait for all the questions about that. Uh, we'll probably talk about that on a heck of a morning, too, because that's just so fun. And then Saturday, since we have an early start time, we're going to do the People's Pre-Fight Show. Uh, myself, AK Lee, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. And I think what we might do is we might watch the Aaron Blanchfield fight live together during the People's Pre-Fight Show. We might do that. That's something we're pondering. So stay tuned for that. Then we'll post-fight show at a normal time, like 7, 7.30. That's pretty sweet. And then on to the next one on Sunday. So lots of content coming your way. Lots of content already on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network, including Damn They Were Good, the Michael Bisbing edition with Jed Mishu and two special guests, Jed, right? Yes, sir. Ch Chuck Mendenhall and Sean Alshadi, the, the two best writers in MMA, certainly arguably the world, but certainly in MMA, the two best writers. Yes. So go check that out. Now we have Casey on the screen, which means the votes are in. Casey, who won? Is it and still with Drake giving Drake Riggs answers or <laughs> is it Jed Mishu just going all in because he had to? Okay, we got the votes in. Let me close this poll. And here we go. Your winner in today's Between the Links is... And... Still! Drake, Drake Riggs. Riggs gets it done. What was the numbers? Uh, numbers. Sixty percent of our viewers numbers. agree with Frank right. Riggs. Oh, as the another one. Sixty percent. Congratulations, Mr. Riggs. Broadcasting live from a Captain Crunch box, Drake Riggs gets it done. Yep. Congratulations, my man. Thirty seconds. Go ahead. Boy, uh, I'm just, I'm just so elated. I mean, I'm not surprised, but I'm just happy. A little bit hungover, and we still got a win. 
is what it is, Mike. I don't have a lot to say. <laughs> okay. Party on, man. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> Chad, uh, what would you like to say? What was the correct answer, by the way? Oh, uh, the UFC's going to Paris, and nobody's talking about that at all. <laughs> That's like a really big deal, and we we both even t- forgot to talk about it. So it's tough, tough scene. All right, we've already well, seen MMA in Paris. Yeah. We're over it. We now. haven't seen the UFC though. Come on. Yeah, we've <laughs> seen a circle cage. We haven't seen the eight-sided we, cage. Right. It's totally seen, different. It's totally we've different. seen bad MMA in Paris. Ooh. We wow. just, listen, we just wow. saw Ryan Bader check Congo 2 in Paris. As I said, <laughs> right? bad MMA in Paris. We get Bobby Knuckles in Paris. That rules. Yes, we do get Bobby Knuckles. We're likely to get Cyril Gaon uh, versus Tai Tuivasa on that card as well. So but They should fight fun. underneath the Eiffel Tower. That, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> but Casey, you could... Uh, Go ahead, Casey. Uh, say we're going to get like uh, some equivalent to Brian Ortega versus Yair in Paris. That's how the UFC works. Don't. Why, they would never put an, an actual French fighter in Paris. That's, that's not. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> we got Michael Chandler Brian Ortega versus Yair is a fun fight. Yeah. Like that would still rule. Yeah. Yes. Rule. All right. Well, you can hit the music, Casey. We're going to get on out of here. A fun, exciting edition of the program as always, and. Thank you, Drake. Thank you, Jed. Thank you to all of you watching. Thank you to Casey Lydon on the production. And thank you to the iconic voice of Esther Lynn, who will likely take us home. So for Drake, for Jed, I am Mike Heck. We'll see you next week once again, Between the Links. Good night, everybody. This has been Between the Links. I'm Esther Lynn. Congratulations, Drake Wiggs. You've won again. Jed Nishu, better luck next time. Love you guys. Happy birthday, AK. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.